Hey there, I'm Janie Budnick, the pet sitter guru and founder of Pet Biz Hive and Pet Biz MBA. The Pet Biz Hive podcast is a space for pet business owners to still get all those things done while getting some tips and business education in their ears. So pop in an earbud and get ready for the buzz. Hey there, friends, and welcome to episode number 64 of the Pet Biz Hive. It is getting to the end of the year, and many times companies will use this time or the beginning of the next year for staff reviews. If you have staff, do you do staff reviews? How often do you do them? A lot of times companies will only do those annually. Now, course I have my own story about this many of you might not realize I am also a cardiac registered nurse and prior to the pandemic and through the pandemic I worked weekend option as a cardiac nurse at a local huge hospital so this was honestly my first experience with corporate annual staff reviews let me tell you, it was an experience. We would always know that they were coming because you would go to your mailbox at the start of a shift and there would be two random empty pieces of paper in there that had four or five questions on them. And at the top of that piece of paper was handwritten a coworker's name. So you had these two questionnaires on two random coworkers that worked at least the same shift that you did. And the questions were, you know, things like how helpful are they to other people? Um, Do they exhibit the, you know, I guess, corporate mission, you know, things like that. So, uh, you know, not super direct. These might be coworkers that you had worked closely with and some that you really hadn't, that you hadn't known for very long. But You would fill those forms out and put them in your manager's mailbox. And within the next couple of weeks, one by one, everyone would start being called into the office by the manager for their annual performance review. And of course, this consisted of going over what your two coworkers had said about you. And additionally, some metrics that they had in their system of what kind of an employee you were. And then you would magically at the end the formula would shake down and you would get somewhere between a 2 and a 3% raise. Of course, 3 was very, very hard to achieve, but a 2 to 3% raise. So does that sound like any kind of staff reviews that you've had before? Maybe you have participated in those. Maybe you've run some performance reviews like those before. So if you don't do it annually, do you do it twice a year? Do you do it quarterly? Uh, Of course, doing it more often is a better rhythm. We actually use surveys for this twice a year with all of our employees with some very specific questions to help us learn how to grow in the company and provide them more what they need. Questions like, you know, what do they find is, is missing? Is there anything that's confusing? What can we do as a leadership team to help them better do the work that they do? Of course, you can always do monthly or How about doing as needed? So that is definitely what I recommend as your staff reviews to have the best results possible. So now there are four steps really to these staff reviews. First of all, you have to have standards and metrics. 
If you don't have these written, then what are your employees working towards? They have to understand what your standards are and your company standards are to understand the targets that they need to hit. Now, I always do recommend that these are written metrics. I do recommend that every employee in your company has a number that is assigned to them so they know what they are supposed to do with performance for your company. Now, of course, if we are looking at field dog walkers and pet sitters, this might be their on time rate. Uh, you know, on time within the time range. This might be something a little bit more subjective, like the quality of their photos or their their notes to the client and their communication to the client. Whatever that is, have some sort of standards and metrics, key results areas that every employee in your company has their own key result area that you do hold them to. And then step two on staff reviews, communicate, communicate. Make sure that those expectations are communicated to your staff regularly. You definitely don't want to have a situation where they don't know what's expected of them and it is only explained to them right before there is some kind of a review and you bring the hammer down, right? So you want to communicate, communicate with them. I know it's difficult because in our industry, we typically have autonomous teams, but you need to find a way to regularly communicate what those standards are to them. And then if by chance someone does not live up to one of their standards, don't wait. Course correct immediately at the time. So you are doing on-time staff reviews at the time that perhaps they do something that is not according to their KRAs or their efforts are not up to your standards, you want to course correct immediately. Identify those issues and let them know then what they need to change to improve their improve, improve themselves up to your standards. And then of course, number four is the flip side of that. If they do something great, then acknowledge it immediately. Don't wait on it. You know, find out what makes them tick. Do they like having a public affirmation? Then make sure you have some way to publicly show the team the great work that they did. Because of course you want to acknowledge and reward the behavior that you want to drive. So make sure that you acknowledge them in the way that they would want to be acknowledged. Remember that platinum rule. Now, if they are not performing to standards, of course, that's very different. Um, that can be a, a difficult conversation. And if you are typically a conflict avoider like I am, that can be really, really easy to put off, right? Now, I have my own experience of how this does not serve very well. Many, 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 many many years ago, I was a veterinary technician at a large animal hospital here in St. Louis. At that time, let's see, let me think about how many years ago. So I was, I was 20 at this point. So fairly new as an employee. And at that time I was actually, I had already applied to veterinary school and I was waiting for the results to come back. Of course, it's such a very long process. And so I'm waiting, and in the meantime, I was working full-time at an animal hospital as a veterinary technician, and then I got the letter 
which, you know, if you ever applied to a professional program like that, it's either you get a simple little letter that says, I'm sorry, or you get a nice big fat packet with your application information. Well, I got the letter and I told the main veterinarian that I worked for at the time and she was pretty bummed for me. And then the next week, I got called into one of the exam rooms by the head veterinarian. And he told me at that point, you know what, there's, there's been some things that, uh, that haven't worked out uh, with you as an employee. And we assumed that you were going to get into veterinary school and you would not be with us much longer. But, uh, you know, sorry you didn't make it in, but we're going to have to let you go. And it's probably a good idea to do it now so you can keep your friendships. Okay, like I really remember the semantics of do it now so you can keep your friendships. Isn't it amazing how like certain things and certain moments in your life just like lock into your brain? Well, of course, what I realized about that is um, there was a bit of an issue and I didn't quite understand how I had been doing things wrong for so long and no one ever said anything about it, right? But in some cases... That is the way that things do work. Perhaps if you've worked in a veterinary clinic, you, as I did, realized that they never really did give leadership and management courses in veterinary school, right? That was a skill that they all had to learn after the fact. So one of the things that you really discover is performance issues. If someone is not performing to standards, it falls under one of three categories, honestly. It could be a personal problem. Now, of course, in our industry, we do have a lot of our employees are part-time. They might have full-time jobs during the day. They might be stay-at-home moms. Um, you know, there might be just various things. Maybe they're retired and just working part-time for us. But what I'm pointing to is they have a life and many times this is just a small part of their life. So there could be things in their life that are just causing them issues, which is leading to a lack of performance. So they could have personal problems, right? The second category is incompetence. Now, we certainly hope that our hiring standards and processes are so on target that we don't hire incompetence, right? But sometimes that comes in the door and, you know, it might not be intellectual incompetence. It's not that they can't learn how to do things, but perhaps they just don't have what it takes. You know, you might have seen that before if you've employed a lot of employees. They just, they just don't fit your team in one way or another, right? So we could just say incompetence, incompetence for our expectations, right? Maybe they are just not a good fit and not a good team player. And then, of course, the third category, which is very similar to my story there about working at the vet clinic, leadership failure. So there are many times that when you are a business owner that you need to look at yourself first. You know, I would say if you've got one finger that you're pointing at somebody else, you've got three fingers pointing back at you, right? If you just hold your hand up and really look at what pointing a finger looks like. You need to always examine yourself first. Be honest with yourself. How well did you follow processes? Did, did you have those standards? Did you communicate them regularly? 
did this person completely understand what their responsibilities are? Were there things that popped up that you didn't have written in your processes? Did you course correct them immediately when things were happening? Did you acknowledge them whenever they were doing things correctly? So many times you can get to the point where you have to have those difficult discussions and it can be a leadership failure that you need to acknowledge with that employee and own up to. So handling those difficult conversations, first of all, do it now. I am a conflict avoider, but I do know that it is not leading people well. It does not benefit you or your staff member if you procrastinate on this. It just lets it continue to build up. You want to do this in person. You want to do in person, meaning that is a person sitting across the table in front of you. Have them come into the office, set up an appointment, meet them at a local coffee shop, whatever you need to do, but sit across the table from them. Texting and email is chicken shit. Okay, you want to make sure that you honor that other person by having those type of conversations about performance standards in person. And when you do that, you want to be prepared. Write down what you want to get out of the meeting and what points you need to cover. Have that goal of this being a conversation, an open conversation between you and your employee. Make sure that the communication goes in both parties' best interest. And be kind. I mean, as long as you have not procrastinated on doing this, you should be catching things early. You're hopefully using this meeting as an opportunity to course correct and teach them the way that you would like for things to be done. You absolutely do not want to take things personally. You don't want to embarrass them or demoralize them. Don't lose your cool. There might be some occasions where, gosh, something just happens and you have to have that conversation in in person, but you are like so hot right now, you know you need to take a beat and set that meeting up for a few days from now so you can really think through it. It can be hard sometimes to not take things personally when our employees just don't perform up to standards, but we need to make sure that we do have those difficult discussions with them as early as possible. Now, you might not be a great person for those types of conversations. Sometimes it's good to put a little bit of a buffer Perhaps you have someone else on your admin team, you have a scheduler, someone else that helps you out that can be that second person in that meeting that is able to, of course, separate themselves from the actual issue and be the communicator. And then you can listen in on that. I have found many times that when I hold things too closely myself, it has helped to have someone else there who has a bit of a clearer mind This is not their baby. They don't take things quite as personally and they can help you through that process. So that is what I have for you guys this week. Just a little bit on Tip Tuesday about staff reviews. Remember, make sure when you're having staff reviews, have standards and metrics, communicate those regularly, course correct immediately, and acknowledge immediately. 
and then understand if you need to have those very difficult conversations, don't put them off. Do them in person, be prepared, and be kind. You guys have a great week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pet Biz Hive. You can follow me at Pet Biz Hive on both Facebook and Instagram and learn more at PetSitterGuru.com. What is your next best move?